everybody. Welcome into a fresh episode of the Not Another Bucking Podcast, a not-so-Merry Christmas edition for Broncos fans. Denver on Sunday night lost to the New England Patriots 26-23, a stunning defeat that drops Denver to 7-8 and eight and all but eliminates the Broncos from the playoff race. Not officially eliminated. That would probably come um, next week or so, but but the chances are, are uh, you know, dismal at best. Um, this was a game that the Broncos knew they had to win. They needed to win their final three, all against teams with losing records going in, uh, in order to get to the playoffs. This was supposed to be arguably the easiest one to achieve. The Patriots were three and eleven. Um, you know, didn't have anything going offensively. And from the very start of this game, the very first play, you, you kind of thought you had the script for Denver going. DJ Jones forces a fumble, recovers it, gives it to Denver at the six-yard line. Four plays later, the Broncos are jogging off the field without a point on the scoreboard. It was a sign of things to come. The Broncos had three possessions in the first half that started in New England territory, and they only came away with seven total points out of those possessions got behind 23 to seven, a deficit that included a fumble by rookie kick returner, Marvin Mims, that was recovered by the Patriots for a touchdown. They scored two touchdowns in the span of two plays to sort of take that lead. And, and this was a, this was just a stunning one for Denver because they fought all the way back in, in, in the fourth quarter, they, they scored two touchdowns after long drives. They get both two point conversions to turn a 23 to seven deficit into a 23 to 23 tie. They then have the ball back at their own 39-yard line, one minute, 42 seconds left, all three timeouts in prime position from that point to continue the offensive momentum they had built in the in the fourth quarter, go down, have Will Lutz kick a game-winning field goal, and everybody goes home happy for Christmas. That is not what happened. The Broncos go three and out. They kick back to the Patriots, who hit a big pass play on third and three after the Broncos had twice stopped the clock when New England ran the ball, apparently content to play for overtime, but they then hit a third and three deep pass to Devontae Parker over Pat Sertan. Two short pass plays later, the, the Patriots are in position to kick a 56-yard field goal from rookie Chad Ryland, who had already missed a field goal and a point-after attempt in this game, and yet comes away with the 56-yarder to send the Broncos home losers. Matt, I, I just want to start uh, with this from the big picture. Matt Cosmeyer joining us uh, tonight um, in that, you know, this this was a game in which, um, you know, we, we saw a lot of the issues that have plagued the Broncos for for much of this season. They, they, they have too low of a ceiling offensively to make up, um, you know, for, for 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 mistakes, for not capitalizing on things when they when they need to and when they don't build a lead, when they don't. Um, you know, they had a lead seven, seven, zero, but when they don't kind of, when they're not able to push that, when they're not able to extend that, um, they just play in this way that they are not capable of playing. And you see a third quarter, like the one tonight in which they have to punt four times in a row, get one combined first down minus 20 net yards on those four drives. It's a sack fest for the Patriots. Um, and, and until this team can create a way in which they are, they are upping that ceiling, whether it's with a quarterback change, whether it's better familiarity with the scheme so the players are moving faster, new injection of talent, whatever it is, um, you know, they, they just they're just not built to do a whole lot if if things aren't in prime position for them and they just aren't that way enough in the NFL. 
Yeah, they aren't. And you look at a guy tonight like Marvin Mims, he really kind of summed up, I feel like, the the night and the as a whole. You know, the, the, second, dri- or the second drive for the uh, Patriots, the Broncos force a punt. And Marvin Mims takes it off, takes off for a 50-yard punt return. Looks fantastic, you know, making people miss left and right, setting them up. You know, he had another one later where it wasn't him returning it, but because of some penalties, you know, the special teams took a good turn for them where they got the ball in much better field position. And yet then the, you know, you see the kick return where he fumble or he fumbles the ball twice in one play, which, you know, is always pretty impressive. You know, Kurt Warner called it, make it a bad play worse because, you know, he's like, just you fumble it. You take an E, you, you move on to the next one. That was kind of close whether he was still in the end zone or not, but probably could have gotten away with taking a knee and taking it on the 25 instead. He picks it up, tries to return it. And, you know, suddenly it's, you know, a swing of 14 points in the matter of, you know, two plays. And, you know, the like we have seen with this team, they fought back. They, you know, they showed that incredible grit to, you know, come back from 16 down, score two touchdowns, two two point conversions, tie it up and get that momentum back. But Sean Payton was talking about it after the game. The The margin of error for this team is just too small right now. And when you make those mistakes, you know, they don't have the ability to to win through those mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he contributed to it a little bit today. I mean, to me, when, you know, when you're, when you're, when you get the ball, Russell Wilson, let's go back to that first drive. Like I said, DJ Jones, great play. He throws the guard aside, then chases down Bailey Zappi, knocks it, uh, sacks him, forces the fumble, recovers it, all those things. Um, you know, the, the Broncos go down and they just kind of try to hammer into the teeth of a New England run defense. It's one of the best run defenses in the league. And then on third down, Russell Wilson throws an interception, or what gets originally ruled as an interception. It gets overturned. It had hit, hit the ground, but but they kind of escape there. You, you, you kick a field goal there and, and you know, you get some points, you get some early momentum. Um, instead, they they don't. They, they go for a fourth down. Javante Williams unable to get into the end zone. And so... Um, you know, you come away with no points and that, that early momentum, I, I thought was, you know, Sean Payton talked in hindsight. Usually he is a guy that would probably kick a field in that situation. We saw that in Buffalo where they get the early turnover. They have a fourth and short, but instead of going for it, they elect to kick a field goal. It was, it was farther back. It wasn't fourth. It wasn't on the goal can line. We, can we talk about that play call too? Like yeah. if you're wanting to be a team that designs yourself around being upfront and physical, like you're going to trot out three wide receivers going a shotgun from fourth and two, fourth and goal on the two yard line, instead of like hammering it forward with your fullback and, you know, three tight ends. Like why are we getting fancy and going in the shotgun to hand the ball off and then, you know, get tripped up at the line of scrimmage. Like that play was dead on arrival. Like, I don't know that that play call didn't didn't resonate with me. We'll say, yeah, I don't quite understand that one. <laughs> I think they I think they liked the front for that particular slant run, but but yeah, it just they, they had already sort of kind of failed to to create a whole lot of room up front um, in the goal line, and this continues to be a team that is horrendous in goal to go situations or goal line offense. That that's going to have to be a top down sort of examination in the off season, um, you know, regardless of what their personnel is about how they do things down there. Um, because they, they've been the worst in the league at it and it bit them again tonight. Um, and then let's go, since we're kind of talking about some of those, the decisions, one of the things that, that I thought, you know, they, they got really kind of tight in that, in that third quarter. Like this felt to me like a team sort of playing not to lose. And then it eventually hurting you, right. They were up seven to three at halftime. Um, and and they just come out with this, you know, just, just sort of very, they, they get sacked on the very first play, um, 
of, of the third quarter set them back completely. And that seemed to set a tone um, for the whole game. And I thought, I thought they just weren't, they weren't being aggressive in, in the way that we saw, um, you know, as they're starting to, to chase the deficit. Now I know the games change their complexions, right? You're down 16. A team is not going to, they're, they're going to kind of change a little bit of the way that they, they pressure you. But, but I think some of the themes we saw when they started to pick up the tempo uh, or they started to, to, to build momentum in the second half was an increase in tempo of, of getting the line um, of, of being a little bit more urgent in a way that I just feel like they don't do enough um, in these controlled environment segments of the game. And I, and I think that's another thing for Sean Payton to examine of why are we, why are they getting into these continued lulls where they're just trying to control their way? I feel like through these drives and, and just not getting it done. Um, you know, freelancing can get you hurt. You know, Russell Wilson's ball security has not been very good. He had a, he had another fumble um, that, he, that, you know, the Broncos were able to get back. Um, so those are some, so those are some of all the things that play into it, right? They knew New England's offense um, wasn't real dynamic. Um, but again, they hit, they hit more consistently on big plays. The, the Patriots had a lot of like one-on-ones on the outside that they created and, and won a lot of them. Devontae Parker, um, you know, won a couple of those Douglas, uh, that they had guys that were just kind of winning those matchups, which was, I, th- I think, a pretty big surprise for Denver's defense. Um, but again, I, I just thought that they, Sean Payton had this game, I think, wound a, a little bit too tight. It wasn't until they got down and just started kind of playing that that you saw Russell Wilson being able to do a little bit of what Russell Wilson does. And right. when he doesn't have that element, we've seen it. He's not a rhythm passer. He's not um, he, he's not a guy that, that hits these, you know, the, these quick shots, like that's not how he operates. That's not what's made him good. And, and whether that can be a viable thing for Sean Payton, he's going to have to decide. But if, if Russ is his quarterback, I think there has to be more of an acceptance of this is what this guy does well. Yeah. And I think once Cortland went down, we saw, you know, Russ have to turn to Judy and Mims for a couple of those other deep shots and, you know, Cortland had one 50 50 ball before he got hurt and that, that missed. And then, you know, after that, it felt like every time the, the Broncos lost pretty much every single 50 50 ball they threw up today. So, you know, that is kind of it. It's odd to like build your offense and like have it as a staple of your offense being just chuck it up and hope. And, you know, but then when you have a guy like Cortland Sutton on the field every day, who's, you know, got as many touchdowns as he does, it makes a lot more sense. But without him in the, in the lineup today, it definitely felt like they started getting, very bland in the second and third quarter there. And they didn't really have any kind of production at all. Yeah. And part of that was they, they didn't run the ball. Well, they had 65 yards on 14 carries rushing um, in the first half. That was the one thing that they were doing pretty well, could not run the ball to get drive started in the, uh, in the third quarter. And and that's where they fell behind because yeah, when they're in these third and long situations, we talked about it a hundred times. That's just not a real viable situation. I want to go now to the, I want to talk Matt, about the end of the game. Um, you know, we saw that they had, uh, again, a first and 10 at their own 39 um, opportunity to just kind of get about, you know, you, you probably need in that situation 25 yards is going to get you about a 53 yard field goal at that point. Um, and, you know, credit new England. I think they had, they had a really good call uh, on first down with their, their all out blitz, but they blitzed it toward kind of guessing what the Broncos were going to do, which is, kind of throw that that get me over screen um, that, that they just kind of kept trying to use to sort of start drives. And, you know, I, I, it just seemed a little bit too predictable. They, they went to that well too often tonight, wasn't really working, um, you know, in, in the running back screen game. 
And uh, once they're once they're behind the sticks, now it's second and thirteen. Now they're pinning their ears back. They're sending. I just thought, you know, to not again. You had all three timeouts, um, and you had called a couple good run plays against the blitz earlier in the half. One to Jaleel McLaughlin that had them get a big gain. Um, you know, it, it was just sort of a, a herky jerky start to that drive that only lasted thirty three seconds. Um, you know, the, a real blown opportunity, but then they punt it back. And Bill Belichick's like, we got the ball back at our own 19. I, the Patriots only had one timeout yet. It's a tie game. He seems to say, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll go to overtime. And Sean Payton says, no, we're going to try to get the ball back and have a second chance at this last-ditch effort. Um, Patriots run the ball again on second down. They had gotten six yards on, on the first carry, get one yard on second down, and Payton calls a timeout. So now it's third and three. The Broncos have used two of their three timeouts. And the Patriots, after just being content to run it, say, you know what? Screw it. We're going to throw it up. We're going to take our shot. Because at that point, you know, the, the math has now changed. Belichick says, okay, well, now you've used two timeouts. There's only 47 seconds or in that area left in this game. And so now if I don't get this, if I take a shot, now I'm kicking it back to you with a little less ammunition, a little, little more times come off the clock. Um, you know, and that kind of thing. And sure enough, they, they throw it up Bailey Zappi, man. I thought he was impressive. Like he, he was able to evade the rush a couple times, hit, hit some guys on the move down the field and, and none better than this third and three ball that he throws to Devonte Parker for 27 yards. Pat Sertan, good coverage, but not good enough to, to get his hand in there and knock the ball away. And then from there, you just kind of have that feeling like, Oh my gosh, they're, they're there. They're about 10 yards away now. Um, from giving their kicker a shot. And that's what they got. Two quick passes, get them 10 more yards, 56 yarder. I don't necessarily hate Peyton's decision there to get the ball back because again, you know, New England's New England's offense being what it was this year. Um, and, 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 and Broncos had figured out some of the issues they had early in the game in the, in the second half or in the third or in the fourth quarter, they had really kind of shut New England's offense down Um you know, so, so again, you're, you're saying, Hey, I can get to this. We'll have time. And again, all we need is a field goal. I, I don't hate that aggressive play there, but again, it's, it's kind of playing with fire on, on the same, on the other hand, because it, it only did take one, one big play for you to kind of erase all that you did to get back into that game. Yeah. And it was a fairly fitting end to, uh, to the, to, you know, pretty much fitting into the team's like playoff hopes, I would say like, you know, this is kind of a epitome of the season. Like they come, they get down early one and five, they come roaring back with this huge come from behind win. they get it even, they're ready to progress. And then they throw it away at the end by losing games to the Patriots, uh, you know? So it, it, felt like a fitting metaphor for the, the the entire season the way this game went yeah you're right i think that's a good way to put it and yeah and then, then that kind of that that last sequence where you know offense and defense both play a significant hand in this loss um and, and in that final sequence right like the the broncos defense got a lot better after that you know horrendous start but but still i think always had some holes last couple weeks we saw them really susceptible to deep deep passing um, it, it was an issue tonight for sure. Um, and, and, and no more so than on that, on that third down play, um, you know, in the offense, not being able to move the ball at all in that prime prime position to go, to go win that game. You really kind of thought that the Christmas comeback, um, was on. And so, you know, now this season it, it's, it's, 
it can only be categorized in this way. It's a disappointment. Sean Payton set, you know, stuck out his chest at the beginning of training camp and said, I'm going to be disappointed if this team is not a playoff team. It's what he told USA Today in that article in which he sort of criticized everybody under the sun for the way things went for the Broncos last year. Well, this year is going to end the same way outside the playoffs, maybe a couple more wins, maybe a few less embarrassing losses. Um, but it's still, it's still a flawed team. And, and I, I think it, it, it's clear that, that Sean Payton, uh, you know, plans to be here for the long haul. That's the kind of contract he has that that's sort of what he has said. Um, and, and, and wants to, you know, wants to be the first NFL head coach to win a Super Bowl with, with two different teams. This is the beginning of it, right? Like it, this is not kind of what it's ultimately going to look like, um, for him, but there, there's, you know, I, I think there's some fair questions about how he's going to get this done. Like, what is it that you're going to be able to do with you know, kind of the limited draft capital that they, that they have right now and, and sort of being pressed up against the cap, having to make this big decision about Russell Wilson, Money-wise, it makes sense for them to, to be able to make this work, to continue to build the roster a little bit through the draft and, and, and wait until you can get to a point where moving on from Russell Wilson will be less financially punitive um, you know, to your organization. Um, but again, can you play the way that you want to play? Is he, is he willing to be flexible to, to, to kind of give Russell Wilson more of this up-tempo freelance type play? versus, you know, the way that they kind of have played for much of this season, really after the first third of the year, where they just really tighten the screws down and, and, and kind of try to put him a little bit more into this box. Um, you know, that that's going to be, it's the question of the offseason is whether those two can go coexist. And it's really a Sean Payton decision. Let's let's start that question a little sooner than the offseason. Nick, who's the Broncos starting quarterback next week against the Chargers? Well, you're just asking me here to take all the nuance. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, you said next week against the Chargers. Or next, next week against the Chargers. Next, next yeah. week against the Chargers. Because part of Russell, part of the problem with Russell Wilson's contract is that he's got an injury clause. If he gets injured in the next two games, then his money's guaranteed. You keep playing him. If you think you know, if your plan was one and done with Russell and it didn't work, and now you're not going to make the playoffs, do you keep playing him? That's a good, I mean, that that's, that's the fair part of this, right? Like that's what it is. We know that if, if they don't feel like they want to commit to him, um, you know, past this season really, because it, yeah, that's, that's the trigger is, is March of next year. If he's on the roster, $37 million of his 2025 uh, salary becomes guaranteed, fully guaranteed right now. It's only guaranteed as you mentioned for, for injury, which means that if Russell Wilson was to suffer an injury, that was significant enough to where he's not passing a physical in March, that money is injury guaranteed. Um, if they don't believe that, that he's going to be their option, you know, in, in 2025, like past this next season, um, and they, they don't want to further, you know, commit down to that, then, then that's the decision that they have to make. But the other part of it too, is there's, there's going to be ways that they can potentially rework this contract that they can go to Russell Wilson and say, Hey, you know, you're probably not getting $37 million on the open market if we cut you and it's a one-year deal. Like, so let's work out some other kind of a, a situation. The other part of that is, is Sean, pa Sean Payton might not want sort of the, the, the headache, all that comes around this idea of, of you moving, moving past Russell Wilson and already telling your team, he's not our quarterback anymore, because that's what happened. If you, if you sit Russell Wilson now, you can't really just sell it as we're we're just wanting to get a look at at Jared Stidham. It's 
we don't want you to get hurt and we have to, and, and you know, looking at Sidham would be part of it because in that scenario, he is one of, if not the option to be the starting quarterback next season. And you'd want to get a jump on what that, what that looks like, but I don't think they want to make that decision in like a, in a, in a one week, one week vacuum. Now I could be wrong. It, it could be a decision that, that even amidst this like tight playoff chase that they've been doing with, with, with all the focus on that, that there have been these, big picture conversations about the quarterback position about Russell Wilson. Um, but, but I think I'd be relatively surprised if that happens this week, because it would just expedite something that I think they want to use this time of the off season to really evaluate, to look at what their options would be to sort of look at what the financial uh, picture would be. I, I think all of those things you are, are going to take a lot of time that, that they, they want to put into this thing. So um, I don't get the sense that, that anything like that, um, is imminent, but again, if they if they chose to do that, it would it would be all of a sudden we know kind of what what's going on. But I, I don't I don't see that happening against the Chargers next week. Fair enough. I I agree with you. I don't think they pulled the trigger, but I also with a coach like Sean Payton, if he knows in his mind like this, you know, we had to put Russell in a box. He couldn't run our offense. He's the kind of coach who would, who could go to management right now and be like, Hey, it's not Russell going forward. It's not him. Let's get, let's pull the trigger to see what we got with Stidham. And you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me, but I agree with you. I don't, I don't think it happens, but we'll yeah. Have to see. Well, we talked, yeah, you know, we, we talked to, we talked to Larry Holder this week, who, who's sort of laid out, uh, covered Sean Payton for a long time, sort of laid out some of that stuff where, you know, big highly paid players who had had like a lot of success even with him in the past and just got to a point where they weren't doing what they were supposed to do or he didn't feel like they were fitting in exactly to what the plan was and he said you know move on like I don't I think the Broncos don't want to get into some of the financial territory that the Saints were in especially during the latter part of Sean Payton's tenure and when you talk about cutting Russell Wilson you're talking about 85 million dollars in dead money granted you're going to spread that out over over the course of a couple seasons um, but it is still uh, still a sin- significant decision um, to be made. But but you're right. We'll see. Th- those are the things that that will start getting talked about. Um, you know, kind of that that's what happens when when you fall out. What what's the what's the draft going to look like? Um, you know, how are they going to get more capital? Is Jerry Judy a guy that they try try to trade? Was was invisible for most of this game until the end tonight. Um, really has struggled this season. Um, currently. You know they've they've picked up his player option. He's due thirteen million dollars for for one year next year. Um, you know, do they try to get off of that and get capital back at the same time? Um, you know, all these things are going to be questions that that start rolling in um, pretty soon. And and I think that's what we'll spend next week talking about when we get back on here. Talk about some of the big questions. Out, you know, a little bit more about Russell Wilson, but other questions that they're going to have to answer as they now move toward um, the off season. But before we go, just want to thank all of you guys like sincerely for the support uh, with the podcast. This is our first first season, our first crack at this, and I've really enjoyed kind of bringing this to you guys twice a week. Hope, hopefully have been providing uh, a different insight, a, a good understanding of, of what we see with this team, um, you know, and bringing in guests along the way who, who um, you know, kind of help us understand the competition, help us understand the league. Um, and again, hopefully it's been a destination that you guys have enjoyed. We have certainly appreciated um, the support. We wish you all a very Merry Christmas today or a happy holidays wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Um, hug your people close, man. Life is short. Love them up. Um, again, we appreciate all of you guys. 
And um, after a day or so off for us to, to spend time with our families, we'll be back again next week to kind of spin it forward and talk about where the Broncos go from here. Until then, thanks for stopping by. <laughs>